Amen. You guys can have a seat. And if you've got a Bible, open up to that passage we just heard in Deuteronomy. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And while you're flipping, did anybody get a journal last week that we gave out? Some of you guys get those this past week. Listen, we gave those out because we want you guys to bring them, to open them up, and, and to fill them up. Right? If you fill it up, bring it to us, we'll give you a new one. Right? You can keep it, but just show us, hey, I filled it up, I need a new one. Right? And we want you guys to keep filling it up because we know as you, you hear the Word of God, as you read the Word of God, as you write down your thoughts on the Word of God, I mean, it's going to keep being reinforced in your mind and in your heart. So I've got five. If there's anybody that didn't get one that would like one, your, your hand was up. Come on and, and grab this. Anybody? Yeah, just come get them. i got five. So come and grab them and give this to the... Here, she wants one. She's right behind you. There you go. Look at that. One, two, three, four, five. All right, guys, we're out. Hey, if you didn't get one, though, they're at the info desk. We want you guys to get them, not now, after the service, and begin to fill them up. I mean, take notes in here. Take notes in your life group class and just write down what God's teaching you. And I promise as you write it down, it's just one more way to reinforce what you're learning and, and, and to remember it, recall it, and to be able to take it away. So you're at Deuteronomy chapter 6. You, you've got your notebook open. And just write down a question at the top of it. This is just a question I want us to think about this morning for a minute. It's what kind of family are you in? Okay, what kind of family are you in? What kind of family do you have? What, what is your family like? is basically the, the question that I'm asking here. I want you to think about it, right? And, and your family, by the way, is whoever in, in this context for this morning, is whoever lives in your home, your household, right? I know everybody's family might look a little bit different in here, but, but what are the people that live in your house that make up your family? What, what does that look like for you? It might be just you, maybe you and mom, or you and dad, or you and mom and dad, or grandparent, or whatever, but what is your family like, right? What are you guys like? What do y'all do? What do you engage in? What are some ways that people might describe you, right? You might be the sports family and all the time you're at the baseball fields or on the volleyball courts. That, that might be you guys. You might be a sports family, right? You might be a, a musical family, right? Everybody in your family plays an instrument or you all sing together like the, uh, the Sound of Music people or something. Like you might be the, the musical family. You might be a tech family, Right, you like to do computer stuff? Nancy LeBeau's laughing. I think she's the only one that got my Sound of Music reference in here. Holly got it too. Okay, good. Uh, Holly just did a guns up. You might be a Texas Tech family. That might be what your family is known for. Hopefully not, but maybe. I don't know. It, it could be whatever, right? It might be a workout family, a fun family. There, there's all different kinds of ways that we label our families. And so I was talking to my kids this week, knowing that this was coming, and I was like, guys, what... I was trying to, to really analyze our family and how Chelsea and I were doing as parents and, and our household. And so I said, guys, what, what kind of family are we? And they said, what do you mean? And I was like, well, just if you were going to talk about our family to somebody, what would you tell them our family is like? And my four-year-old looked at me and said, we're a pizza family. And I was like, what does that mean? And he goes, we like pizza. And I looked down at my plate, and we were eating pizza for dinner that night. And I was like, okay, we're a pizza family. So I looked at my six-year-old, um, who is hopefully a little bit smarter than the four-year-old and maybe a little bit more, more developed mentally and, and spiritually. We talk about spiritual things a lot. It's like, Landon, what kind of family are we? And he like got this look on his face. He was really thinking hard, and I was really proud of him. And he said, ice cream family, definitely. We're definitely an ice cream family. I was like, what flavor? And he said, cookies and cream. And I was like, that's right. We, so my family's a pizza and ice cream family. According to my kids, that's what we're, we're known for, right? So, so thinking about it, what is your family like? What kind of family are you? And then here's the second question, and you can write it down or you can just really wrestle with it. The second question is this, is what kind of family should you be? Right? So what kind of family are we? Am I? What kind of family do I have? And what kind of family should I have? Not based on anybody else's expectations of me, not based on what somebody thinks I should do with my family because I'm a pastor, because I live here, or I do this, but 
What does God's word say about my family? Right? How should my family be? What should my family look like because of what God's word has called and maybe designed my family to look like? And I think we're going to see some really cool things here in this passage of scripture. I love it and excited to get to talk about it this morning. We're going to see in Deuteronomy chapter 6 some outlines, some guidelines that God has given for our households, for our families, and how we should live as people that love God and as people that, that seek to follow and obey God. So look with me, if you will, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Um, hopefully by now you're there, and we're going to start in verse 1. And I'm just going to read through the first nine verses, sort of slow, and then I want to talk through them with you. All right? But as we read them, be thinking about it in the context of your family, of your household, the people that, that make up the group that shares the house that you live in. Right? Deuteronomy 6, <clears throat> starting in verse 1. And this is Moses, by the way bringing a message from God to the people of Israel before they go into the promised land, right? And so the book of Deuteronomy is like a couple of big sermons from Moses to God's people before he sends them in because he's not going with them, right? He's sending them in with some instructions from God. It's a really, really cool book. Starting in verse 1, it says, Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God has commanded me to teach to you, that you may do them right? I'm not just teaching them. I'm teaching them so that you, so that we may do them in the land which you're going over to, to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son. So you, your kids, your grandkids will fear it by keeping all the statutes and his commands that I command you all the days of your life, that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land that's flowing with milk and with honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today have got to be on your heart. You've got to teach them diligently to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house. Talk about them when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you wake up. You shall bind them as a sign in your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Right? Moses is saying, guys, this is the kind of people that God desires, that God has called us to be. So as I read this and I think about what kind of family I should have, or what my family should look like. You know, the pizza and the ice cream stuff it is not a big deal. The stuff that, that, that my family should be known for as I look at, at this passage of Scripture and maybe try to boil it down to two things or this, man, I, I should have a family that, that loves God and a family that follows God or obeys God, right? I should have a family that loves God and a family that obeys God. Man, Jesus, when he was asked the greatest commandment in the New Testament, he quotes this out of Deuteronomy. It says, man, above everything, we've got to love God, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and might. It's right there. We should have families that love God. And then if you look back at verse 1, we should have families that obey God out of the love that we have for God. Right? Verse 1, I'm teaching you this so that you may do it. Right? So that you may do it. We should have families that love and that obey God. And it's pretty plain, plain and clear right here. 
right? It doesn't matter what our family looks like, who lives in our house, who shares the household with us. Man, our homes should be full of people that, that love God and that are willing to obey God. People that love God with all that we've got and people that are willing to follow God, to obey God in everything that we do. And honestly, I can't think of a situation that God hasn't addressed. I can't think of a situation or a time where I would face something and be like, I don't know what to do and God hasn't told me, right? It, it is all right here. We've got to love God, and we've got to obey and follow God. And here's the deal. If we're a family that loves God and seeks to obey and follow God in everything, then I think that we should seek to learn more about our role and how we fit into these different parts of the family. And we're going to spend the next few weeks looking at some of those things very specifically, right, and how you guys can grow up to fit into the different roles that God has designed for you in the family um, over these next several weeks. But this morning, we're going to look at it maybe a little bit more broadly, right? Our family, our households, and what God has called us to do as we love God and obey God. And when we look in this passage, there, there's a ton that we can pull out. I would love to teach through this for the next several weeks, but we're not going to. This morning, we're going to pull out three things, right, that, that I think are tangible, things that, that are applicable, things that are important, things that are clear for us to grab hold of to make sure we're doing in our families, right, to make sure our households are known for this and are all about this, and we see them right here commanded in this passage of Scripture. And let me just say this, right? We, we've got all different ages in the room. We've got some people in, in here that are the heads of their households, right? They're in charge of what happens in their house. They set the pace. They set the tone for what's going to happen. And so man, my encouragement is, is if I'm in that same boat as you. As we look at this, let's try to apply those and let that be important to us so it's important to the people that live in our houses with us. And we've got other people in here that, that are not the heads of their house. I mean, we've got students. We've got, got teenagers in here that are submissive and obedient to the will of their parents. Let me just encourage you guys with this. Is, man, take hold of God's word of Scripture and go home. And, man, talk to your parents about what God is saying, about what God is doing right here. And I promise you. All the time, God uses students. He uses sixth graders to 12th graders and everybody in between to be catalysts in homes and in families to make what, what God has called us to do important to, to moms and dads in the family. So don't tune me out and say, man, I'm not in charge, so hopefully my parents are listening to Pastor Fleming down the hall. No, no, man, listen, lock this in, right? Talk to your parents, encourage your parents, and know one day, Right? You're going to be your parents. Right? You're going to be in the spot that they're at. So let's plug in and, and dive into this together, knowing that, that God's got something for each and every one of us here this morning. Right? Three things. If we're going to be households that love God and obey God, three things. And the first is this, guys. We're going to multiply. Right? Multiplication should be a part of the, the household and the families that love and that obey God, right? In this chapter, we see that God expects the people of Israel to grow in number. He says, you're going to go in, and you're going to obey me, and you're going to be fruitful. You're going to multiply. There's going to be more and more of you that love me, more and more of you that are drawn to me as Heavenly Father. Look at, at verse 3, that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you, right? More people that love God, right? So let's do what, what God's called us to do. Let's multiply and let's make sure that, that as believers, our households are committed to seeing more and more people around that love God. How does that happen? Well, one way is through having kids, right? It, it's simple. It's through having kids. In Genesis chapter 1, we see that God tells Adam and Eve, be fruitful and, you got this, hold on, be fruitful and multiply, right? That means have babies, right? That means have kids. Imagine if Adam and Eve had not followed that simple commandment, 
where would we be? Not here, right? Not here, right? Multiply, have, having kids, and that happens within the family. A man and a woman in marriage, we see in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, not good for man to be alone. Eve is there with him, and one of those big commands is for them to have kids and to multiply. Chelsea and I got to go to a conference this past week, and we were with a ton of other student pastors and their wives, and, and we really got to connect with them. And, and there's this one couple that, that we just really love to spend time with. They're, they're years ahead of us in ministry, and they're incredibly smart, and they're really good at what they do. So I just like to ask them questions and listen to them. And sometimes they answer questions with this really profound stuff, and sometimes they tell stories that I think are funny and Chelsea thinks are funny. I don't know if anybody else does or not, but, but they're awesome, and they've got six kids of their own, and, and they've just adopted another kid and there's a great godly family and they were at this conference a few months ago um, that was sort of a big deal and um, they had to fill out these things at the table and they were filling them out right writing the names down on the card and, and you know just basic information about them right your name your phone number and one thing that you're good at and so people are writing down different things. It's a conference of pastors and pastors' wives. So people are writing down, man, I'm good at teaching God's word. I'm good at memorizing scripture. I'm good at strategically thinking through the big processes of the church and yada, yada, yada. Well, the, the wife, um, she didn't know that she was just being silly at the table. And so she wrote something silly on the card under what are you good at? Um, and then while she wasn't paying attention, somebody came to tables and picked up all the cards and took them to a microphone at the front of the room in front of hundreds of people. And so she's at the table, and she hears somebody on the microphone, and she looks up, and they're reading through the cards out loud to the room to introduce the new people. They're making the new people stand up in front of everybody. Paul, go ahead and stand up. They're making them stand up in front of hundreds of people, and then they're reading the cards. This is, is Paul Calco, and he's good at basketball, right? That, that kind of thing. And so they're reading through it, and so they get to our friends, and they read through it, and they say, I'm not going to say her name. They say, this is her name. Ryan, this is the church that she serves at, and she's good at. And they like did a double take. They were like, what? I'm not sure what this means, but she's good at making people. And she's got six kids. She's good at making people. They had six kids in like eight years or something like that. That's what she was good at. She was good at having babies, right? More and more and more babies. But listen, guys, as the, the family of God, families that love God and follow God, man, we're going to multiply. We're going to see more people that love God. And here's the deal. It's not just through having kids, right? There's a lot of you guys that are not in the stage of life where you should be having kids. We know that happens when man and a woman are in a marriage covenant relationship with one another. So what does it mean? What does it look like for us to, to multiply through our households? Listen, we talked about it a few weeks ago in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We talked about that period where, where Jesus passed off the mission to his apostles. And he said, listen, guys, listen, I'm going to ask you to, to repeat this back to me. I'm prepping you now. This is a test from what we did a few weeks ago. Jesus says, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, you guys will be my, you guys will be my, starts with a W, ends with an S, witnesses, you got it, you'll be my witnesses, you're going to be my witnesses, I'm putting the mission in your hands, you guys are going to go out and see other people come to put their faith and trust in Christ, you'll be my witnesses. Jesus is saying, you're going to tell people what I've done. You're going to tell people how I fulfilled scripture, how I fulfilled prophecy. You're going to tell people about the faith and the trust that you have in Jesus, about the joy that you have in Jesus, the salvation that's in no one else but Jesus. You're going to tell people that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one gets to the Father except through Jesus. And listen, as you do, guys, people will trust 
in Jesus. God will work in their heart. God will stir up in them, and God will draw them to himself. And we will see more people enter into the family of God. We'll see more families, more households that are all about loving and obeying God. Listen, it's going to happen. Listen, when we filled out those multiply cards a few weeks ago, you guys wrote down names of people that, that God placed on your heart, that you're committed to, to loving, to investing in. Guys, that's multiplication, right? You're seeing them investing in their life and seeing them come to know Christ the way that, that you and I know Christ. That should be happening in and through our families. Right? Our families should be mobilized for the glory of God to see other people love God as well. Listen, you guys have been phenomenal, right? The past few weeks in Element, We've seen students trust Christ, place their faith and trust in Jesus that were brought by other students. At girls' conference, we saw girls place their faith and trust in Christ that were brought by girls that are here at our church. Listen, guys, keep it up. Keep doing it. Talk to people about your walk with Jesus. Invest in people. Bring them to church. Do what you've got to do so that they can see uh, the, the love that Jesus has for them and they can place their faith and trust in him. Listen, guys, a family that loves God and a family that obeys God is going to see the people around them, is going to see other families fall in love with and begin obeying God as well. It's what should be happening in our families. God's going to be at work, and God's going to multiply His kingdom, His people, through our love and our obedience to Him. And so a question is, where, where can your family go where you'll multiply? Right, where can your family go? Where does your family live? Right, where, where you can multiply in that, that love of Jesus into other families. What kind of family are you? I asked it at the beginning. I mean, if you're a baseball family, don't stop being a baseball family, but be a baseball family that loves God and obeys God and sees other baseball families come to love God. I mean, if you're a choir family, there were a lot of those choir concerts this past week. Man, be a choir family that loves God and that obeys God and sees other families that you're connected to also fall in love with Jesus and begin obeying Jesus as well. Listen, guys, as we love God and obey God, we're going to see other families loving God and obeying God as well. So let's multiply what God's doing in our families into the hearts and lives of other families as well. That should be a mark on our households. We should see others loving and obeying God as well. And here's the deal. As these families multiply, right, the, the second thing that we're going to see is this, is, is these families are going to learn, right? We're, we're going to pull from Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we're going to see this concept of education, right? So we've got multiplication. The number two is education. And don't tune me out. Don't think about school right now. That's not what I'm talking about, right? But there's this concept of education that's going on. I know that a lot of you guys are devoted to your school stuff. A lot of you guys are devoted to learning, to passing some AP tests, to getting college credit. You guys are devoted to your GPA. Moms and dads, you're devoted to getting better in your careers, taking continuing education stuff and learning and being sharp and as good as you can for what God's called you to do. And all that stuff is good. But listen, guys, I'm telling you, we have to educate ourselves on the Word of God. Because we have to know our Bibles. We have to read our Bibles. We have to love our Bibles. We have to get caught up in the Word of God. So it fills us up. And as it fills us up, it overflows from us. Listen, families that, that love God and that obey God are going to be all about the Word of God. Right? The Word of God has to be a priority in our homes. Look back at Deuteronomy chapter 6. Verse 6, these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. We've got to get them 
in our hearts. Verse 7, you shall teach them diligently to your children. Right? You shall teach them diligently to your children. Listen, it doesn't say you will drop your children off somewhere else so that somebody else can teach them diligently, right? It says you will teach them diligently to your children. Listen, I'm committed to teaching the Word of God diligently to you guys. Your life group teachers are phenomenal, right, at, at teaching the Word of God, and we're going to keep doing that. That's what we see, the picture and the model of the church, but we don't see that existing by itself. We see it existing in a context where families are diligently teaching the Word of God to their kids. It says to the, your sons, your sons' sons, your kids, your grandkids, man, we should be about the Word of God in our homes. The Word of God. Listen, your parents teach you all kinds of things, right? All kinds of things, right? We, it, and that's good. And it's necessary. Man, I was teaching Landon this week. He loves baseball now. We're in the backyard, and I'm teaching him all kinds of baseball things, ground balls, and we're hitting, and he's hitting them over the fence off of our neighbor's house now, and it's awesome. They don't like it, but it's good. Every time he hits it over the fence, I'm excited. It's these good things. We, we teach our kids different things that are, are important to us, right? We teach our kids things that we're passionate about. Man, we spend a lot of time doing that because it's fun, and I love it, and it's a great way for me to, to show him something that I love and to show him something that I'm passionate about. But shame on me if I spend more time teaching him how to hit a baseball than I spend more time uh, on, on helping him to, to grow up into a godly young man, right? Where's my heart? Where's my priorities? They've got to be on teaching my sons the word of God. Listen, in our homes, in your homes, it's got to be all about, we've got to learn, know, and teach our kids the word of God. Students, man, take the opportunity in your homes to learn the word of God. Listen, a lot of you guys have little brothers and sisters. Man, your role in your house, man, teach them the Word of God. Open it up. Show them what you are learning in God's Word. Teach them what God is doing in your heart and your life through the Word of God. And I said this earlier, you guys can be a catalyst. Man, bring your Bible to the dinner table and say, Mom and Dad, I read this this week. Can we talk about it? Hey, Mom and Dad, I've got this great quiet time that I've been doing. I want to talk about it with you. Will you read it with me? Will you study it with me? Can we talk about the Word of God in our home uh, together? I know a lot of your parents do that, right? And that's great. And keep doing that. Make it easy for them. Don't roll your eyes when they get it out. Man, they're doing what God's called them to do. And if it's not happening in your home, be the catalyst. Be the one that gets it started. And if your parents don't want to start it, or if you live in a household where your parents aren't believers, man, then, then use the Word of God. Study it in your home and teach your siblings, your younger brothers and your sisters God's Word. But we've got to be in the Word of God together as a family, reading it, studying it, and learning it. Look, look back at Deuteronomy 6. When you're in your house, when you walk by the way, when you're lying down, when you're going to sleep, when you're waking up, you're writing on the doorpost of your house, man, the, the Word of God... Man, it should, should be central. It should be in all that we do. We should be talking about it, thinking about it. And listen, you might be thinking, okay, I don't, I don't want to start a seminary in my home. I don't want to have a, a one or two hour, three hour or four hour, whatever, you know, long Bible study in my home every day. Listen, that, that's not exactly what I'm saying. We should know the Word of God. We should study the Word of God. But it doesn't always look like a Bible study. Right? It doesn't always look like sitting down and reading you know, from start to finish every single day. There should be a lot of reading of God's Word. But, man, it's talking about it in the everyday things of life. Man, my four-year-old now, when he walks outside and the sky is orange, man, he looks up 
at the sky, and the words out of his mouth are, look at the incredible sunset that God made for us today. He knows and he understands, man, that God did that, that the heavens declare the glory of God, that our God is big, he's powerful, he's creative, because Chelsea spends so much time with him pointing out how God is at work all around us and all that we do. Man, and when an ambulance flies down the, the road past us, our six-year-old says, hey, we need to pray for the person that that ambulance is going to help because they know that God's Word says to pray for people that are sick, to pray for people that are in their, their time of need, right? So it's not this Bible study all the time. It's pointing out where God's at work and what God says about how He's at work around us. But here's the deal. We have to know what God's Word says in order to point those things out, right? Man, we've got to be all about the Word of God, reading the Word of God, studying the Word of God so that the Word of God can be a big thing in our families. We've got to know it. We've got to study it. We've got to read it. We've got to make sure that we're passionate about it. Go back to Deuteronomy 6, the very beginning. All right, Deuteronomy 6. Look back up at the top as Moses is talking. Hey, guys, I'm going to give you these words from God so that you can what? So that you can do them. All right, so that you can can do them. How are you going to do them if you don't know what they are, right? How are the people of Israel just going to go where God called them to go and, and do what God told them to do if they didn't know what God was telling them to do, guys? It's not education for education's sake. It's not learning the Word of God so we can quote verses or, or flip to a passage in our Scripture really, really fast, guys. It, it's so that we can know it and obey it. It's so that we can know it and do what God's called us to do. And as the Bible becomes a priority in our homes, as the Word of God becomes a priority in our homes, guys, we're going to raise up people. You guys are going to be people that, that love God and that are willing to obey God in everything that God's called you to do. It, it's got to be important to us. Moms and dads, set the pace. Set the pace. Let it be a priority in your home. Let it be something that your house is focused on and connected and locked in to. And students, Man, if that's not the reality in your home right now, be a catalyst, right? Be the one that starts it. Be the one that, that is committed to it, and your parents are going to jump in right there with you, right? That's what sets us apart as the people of God. I mean, Jesus even said, the people that, that love me are the ones that keep my commandments. So let's stay locked into the Word of God. Let's be willing to do what God has called us to do. So we're going to multiply, right? And, and then we're going to learn, right? We're going to educate ourselves on the, the Word of God. And then the final thing that, that, that I see in our households this morning is this, is we're going to proclaim the Word of God, right? We're going to proclaim the Word of God everywhere that we go. Back to Deuteronomy 6. <clears throat> look at verse 9, and really all of it. Look at verse 9. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Man, this is what our family is about. We're putting it out there for us to see. We're putting it out there for everyone to see. We're committed to the Word of God. We love God. We're going to obey God. We're committed to the Word of God. Listen, as a family, right, as a household, as a unit, as people that love and are willing to obey God, man, everywhere we go, right, everywhere we go, the Word of God is going to be on our lips, Right? We, we, we are so in love with Jesus, and we've so committed to knowing his word. It's so ingrained in our heart that it's going to be flowing out of us everywhere we go. In every conversation we have, whether that's school or work or the ball field or the band hall or, or wherever it is that God leads us, man, the word of God is going to be flowing from us into the lives of other people. When we come to church, 
the Word of God is going to be flowing from us into the lives and the hearts of other people. We're going to encourage other Christians, other believers with the Word of God in our speech, in our attitude, in our conduct. The Word of God is going to be proclaimed through us. Listen. A lot of families are known for a lot of things. A lot of families have reputations for a lot of things. A lot of families are looked at as being really good at this or being great at that or being focused on, on whatever. Listen, a lot of families are known for a lot of things. Man, my, my heart, my passion is that, that we would be in families that are known for loving God and following God in all things. When it's easy, when it's hard, when it makes sense, and when it doesn't, that we would be committed to the Word of God as we're committed. We're going to see that that means that we will love God and follow God in all that He's called to do. But, but here's the thing. It's not going to happen by accident. Okay, you're not going to just wake up one day and be in a family. Man, we love God. We're doing what God's called. That's not going to happen by accident. Okay, it's going to, going to take your heart and your mind being focused on what God's called us to do. And Joshua uh, chapter 24, verse 15, um, it, it says this. It says, if it's evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day who you're going to serve. Whether the gods that your fathers served or the gods of these people served, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I mean, Joshua made a decision that his house was going to be about the Lord, that his house was going to be about God, that, that that's what he and his family were going to be known for. So my, my question, I guess, for, for all of us this morning is, is, has your family decided to follow Jesus? Has your family decided that, that more important than the right college, that more important than the right career, more important than the right money, more important than the right friends or the right influence, that more important than all of that is that we're going to be a family that loves God and follows God? That's my hope. And that's my prayer, and I feel like that's what God's called us to do. Would you guys pray with me? Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that the truth of God's Word is both encouraging and uplifting to you. If you'd like more information about our church, service times, or locations, or if you have a question about what you heard today and you want to connect with someone, I want to encourage you to visit us on our website at championforest.org. Have a great day, and God bless.